G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are tackling the final position of our positional run through, the uh, the bloody Ruckman. So we're going to go through all of the options that we should be considering for our fantasy classic teams. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Today, uh, talking the rucks with my good mate Luke. How are you, mate? I'm going good, mate. I'm going good. You can find me at LukeRojo17 on Twitter. We're recording on Australia Day today. so yeah, well, um, happy holidays to everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we were thinking about maybe substituting the waters for, for beers, but perhaps a little bit earlier. I've 9.30 just in the teeth, morning. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll wait a little bit, I think. We'll be having some beers later, so. Um, but uh, we, I think that I think this position might drive us to drinking. Potentially yeah, I think this year. so. We've been we've been putting this one off a little while um, for good reason. The uh, the ruckman, the uh, look researching this position, Mitch. I I almost got to the point where I thought we should just put names in a hat, <laughs> just pull them out, see how we see who it's, comes up. There's just there's so much to talk about, and I will get into it. But we've got. We've got um, club changes that are like going to significantly impact this position. Yep. Um, we've got uh, like we've sub got, rules. We've, that yeah, might we've got come sub in rules. And mess we've, us around. We've got uh, you, you name it. We've got it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about them, but I'm kind of apprehensive at the same time. They're they're one of the most important positions um, historically. Obviously, we've had the the old famous set and forget, which yep. was uh, reliable when we had, you know. Grundy and Gorn sort yep. of in different teams <laughs> from each other and they yep. were sort of the, the big dogs at the top there. It was a very easy thing for us to do. I remember the first season I played AFL Fantasy, I heard all about the set and forget thing, went and just paid up for the big dogs and, and it was a gloriously simple season for Rucks. Yeah. I think it was 2019 or something like See, that. I think I've mentioned this before as well. Last last season was my first season and I think I've mentioned that a lot of people set and forget Luke, you know, this is how you this is how you play fantasy. This is yeah, how you this do is how it. You do it. This is how you do it. So set and forget. Okay, no problems. I'll, I'll whack uh, Gorn and Grundy in there, and we all know how that turned out last year. So yeah. that kind of contributes to what we're looking at now in the preseason as being a pretty um, kind of open ruck race in, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. So obviously the big news that's shaking everything up is uh, Max uh, Gorn and Brody Grundy on the same team at the Melbourne Demons. So the the previous years set and forgets. Uh, playing together, so we might as well just start there. I reckon if yeah, we if we I just start so. with the two two demons guys, Max, uh, the most expensive ruck in the game, nine hundred fourteen thousand, priced at one hundred and three. Um, Grundy getting a little bit of a discount, but discounted on his twenty twenty one average, so he's priced at ninety, basically ninety four, eight hundred thirty thousand. Um, playing on the same team. Uh, just from a forty point of view, before we get into the fantasy implications, yeah. like how how do we expect this to work for the Melbourne Demons? Um, like, who do you expect to be seeing more ruck time? Yeah. Is it is it sort of like a matchup based thing? What what are your thoughts in terms of how the footy club's actually going to run it? I think I think we could be victims of a few different scenarios. To be honest, Mitch, when you have um, such impressive ruck stocks you can almost get a little bit situational, if you know what I yeah. mean. So you mentioned, um, you know, depending on which teams they're taking on um, each week might actually dictate how those guys play, which f- 
like to us from a fantasy perspective is horrible because we want yeah. kind of consistency we and want clarity. Yeah. I think that the notion out there, and I probably tend to subscribe to this notion, is that of the two of them, the more damaging forward, although his set shot might indicate yeah, well, hopefully otherwise, he's working on that. but the more damaging forward is probably Max Gorn, just in terms of his ability to take a big to overhead the mark. mark. Yeah, um, yeah, bigger target Yeah, I mentioned the set shot, and you know the set shot hopefully might come along for the ride for him. But So, so I think the notion out there is Gorn's probably a more dangerous forward, and therein Grundy might take most of the centre bounces and, and around the ground ruck contests. Um, but for me... You could still kind of throw that all up in the air and that could change throughout the year as well. So I know I'm not giving any great insight here, but um, it's just so unknown at the moment. We also should mention that Max Gorn has had in the last week or so a hamstring issue that has sort of set him back a little bit in the preseason. Now, I think it's supposed to be fairly minor. Uh, I think he's back running and stuff like that and um, should be back to full training within the next two to three weeks. So hopefully he's there and abouts for the practice matches and things like that. Uh, But just... Something a little bit there to monitor. He is obviously the older of the two. Um, I want to say, was he like 33, 34 years old? Um, But I think that for the most part, if you look at their last five seasons, do you want to have a guess at what they've averaged over the last five seasons, the both of them? So I'll guess for Gorn. So um, Gorn over the last five seasons, 107? It's higher. It's higher, 110. Yeah, higher. Jeez. One fifteen, one eleven is uh, okay, is our uh, max and uh, Grundy. For Grundy Grundy went big in a couple. He of had seasons. two two seasons where he's gone big. Yeah, so let's go one fifteen, one eleven as 111. well. Okay. So they're both smack bang one eleven yeah. um, over the past five seasons. Which I thought was was pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, coincidental. So um, by far and away the best ruckman that we've had Gorn's, over the last Gorn's five COVID years. season. I know we throw COVID out, but Gorn's COVID season ninety eight. Yeah, he, he, he crushed it. Obviously, that's almost the short quarters, I think, helped him. He yeah. was one of those guys that played like 95% game time, yep. 98% game time, like a Lockie Neal. But yeah, he was obviously really good that year. Um, Grundy has slowed down a little bit the last couple of seasons. Um, and I will say that, so if we compare the CBAs from both of these players, last year, Gorn averaged 103 on 66% CBAs. Yep. Grundy is typically needed 85 to 90% to CBAs to get his big scores. Yep. So... In my opinion, in terms of like scoring ability, Max is probably the player that relies less on those CBAs yep. than um, a Grundy. I think Grundy is a little bit more um, useless away from the ruck contest. Yep. Um, so in terms of viability throughout the season, I think that Gorn might be a little bit more viable. Maybe he does pick up a DPP and become a forward for us later. There's lots of scenarios that could play out. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you, but I think that, like we said, comparing the two, like Grundy's not getting eighty to ninety percent CBA. No, it's not happening. It'll be like that sixty-six percent, thirty-three percent at most, I would say. And so for me, that kind of that kind of limits Grundy um, kind of a lot. Yeah, because I think that he does need that eighty to eighty-five percent at least to sort of be around that hundred, yep. hundred and five mark. Um, whereas Max, say if Max is still getting, like say if they are splitting at 50-50 or it's the opposite way and he's yeah. the 60%, Grundy's um, the, the 40%, then Max still might be there or thereabouts, the sort of high 90s, maybe even cracking the 100 in that kind of a role because he is um, he is able to get points outside of those ruck contests. So to piggyback on the stat that you, or the um, point that you kind of mentioned before, last year, Gorn actually only had two games where he accounted for more than 80% of his team's hitouts. So yep. 
to give that kind of context, in the 2021 season, which was Grundy's last full season, okay, almost all of his games yeah. he accounted he for was, more than 80%. He was by far the most so dominant So in those two games where Gorn accounted for 80% or more of his team's hitouts, his scores were 149 and 132. Okay, so big if, scores. So if Max Gorn is is the Ruckman, yeah. the only Ruckman playing in the Ruck, he, still goes he big. scores big. Yeah. Now, we know that's not going to be the case this year. Now, to kind of go to the other side of that stat, which worried me a little bit, but I'd probably have to do a little bit more digging. Last year, in the seven games where he had less than 70% of his team's hitouts, he averaged 85. Yeah. So, for me, I look at that and say, okay, is Gorn going to have less than 70% of Melbourne's hitouts in games next year? I'd have Probably, to think yeah. so with yeah. Grundy there and 85. So, seven game sample, we do talk about this. It's yeah. easy to pick yeah. and choose. It is. Um, but that's it all just, we've got to go off. Yeah, so. that's it. Yeah. And it was just something that kind of um, yeah made me think a little bit. I think, I think this is all to say you can't start with either of them, I don't think. I don't think you can start with either of them. Yeah, um, especially, especially with Gorn if Price. They're, as the if they're host. both as healthy as, as we, you know, if they're both there round one, I you can't start with either of them. If there's an injury to one of them, obviously it changes everything completely. And this is yes. where I think that maybe a lot of talk isn't out there at the moment in the season that the whole notion of set and forget, um, I don't think we're necessarily this season trying to replace the old set and forget with a new set and forget because... Do so you think forget, set and forget? Forget, set and forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's forget, set and forget. I'm sure we can all do well in the forget part. But I think in terms of like... Because so many things can change throughout the season that changes who the top two Ruckman are. Mm. So mm. say you think that, and again, we'll talk about these guys later, but if you think the new set and forget is Marshall and Tim English, yeah. we'll say halfway through the season, Max Gorn goes down with an injury and yeah. Grundy comes in. He's rucking 90% of the time. Well, now Grundy's the number uh, one Ruckman and he could go huge from there. So of, your of previous the, set and forget, you're yeah. now trying to trade to get Grundy. Yeah. So it's no longer, you're exactly. no longer top two. Of all the, of all the positions... This position is most significantly affected by injuries, in yeah, my opinion. Because I think so. yeah, at any club you might have you might have three ruckmen, two of which can potentially actually play league footy. Yep. And the minute there's an injury there, that completely changes. Throws it off. Yeah. Yes. We saw that last year with Grundy's injury uh, facing Darcy Cameron. Again, we'll talk about him later. But yeah. these these things um, I think can change a lot throughout the season. So my early thinkings is that I want to treat this more like any other position that I have in the past. So a lot of the times we kind of Maybe not looking for quite as much value in the ruck line. We want to be a little bit more towards the top yep. because we don't want to mess around with those rucks positions. But I think this year in particular, I want to leave yourself open to the idea that something might change and then you can jump on that and um, and sort of make the most of those opportunities if they do present themselves. Yep. Um, so that's just my early thinkings from like a more strategic point of view. Um, in saying that maybe, you know, it could go either way. Who's to know? But that's just sort of my early thinkings. So before we move on, just quickly, did, did you agree with my point that you think Gorn is probably more of the forward guy than Grundy is? I or? think so at this stage, yes. Um, like, I, I agree with you. He's obviously a, probably a bigger target, better at taking those overhead grabs than, than, a, uh, than a Grundy. His... His kicking form is shocking, though. It is it so looks bad. Like, nervous, hey? it looks so I nervous. never feel comfortable, no matter where he is lining up in yeah, front of those yeah. goals, that he's going to convert this. Look, I, I suppose you can hang your hat on that one. So I think it was a prelim yeah, final a couple of seasons ago. He kicked five or six. I can't quite remember, but he obviously did really good. And I think maybe Melbourne are trying to hang on to that game <laughs> and, and cross their fingers. A lot of people are, I think. But. Yeah, from what I've seen the last sort of little while, his set shot definitely just gives, yeah, me, the, gives me the nerves. Like but. you said, the thing he has over Grundy is that I, I would think he's a better 
pack contested mark and yeah. you got to take those marks to even be having the set shot so yeah so um let's move on to the next guy let's here so this is where people might be considering the new like we said set and forget tim english Last season, uh, had a breakout year. I'm still annoyed that I didn't start with him after seeing that Steph Martin wasn't named in round one. But we move on. Um, so even, he even had you started with him, you would have had to trade him pretty you, early. Yes, on. he did get injured, obviously earlier on. So uh, average 101.8, so 102. So that's where he's priced at this season. 901,000, the second most expensive ruck in the comp. Now he obviously is someone that we feel comfortable because. We have no longer got Stefan Martin in the team. Yep. We've got Rory Lobb coming over from Frio, who's notoriously against rucking and yep. loves playing as more of a forward, chopping out in the rucks. So we feel really secure in his role. He's the younger kind of ruckman up and coming. He's had raps on him from a from a junior as being a potential sort of Grundy-like scorer in terms of fantasy. So we, we like him. And, and if I was drafting, he would be the first ruck that I would be drafting off the board. I yep. feel the most safe with him. Yep. My my issue with, with a Tim English, and I think I did say that he was my first pick back in the day, but a lot of research since then, he's he's over 900,000, yep. um, price at 102. How much, if any, do we expect him to be better than that? Um, and is it, or is it worth just paying up for that guy that we expect to be the number one ruck? But like I said before, if something changes to either Max or Grundy, like... He could be the number one rock, and then all of a sudden someone else overtakes him. We'll talk about Rowan Marshall. He could be behind him if things go right that way. So to me, I'm starting to lean a little bit away from a Tim English just in terms of uh, the value that I think maybe be lacking in, in a player like him versus some other options. Yeah, he's, so he did average 100, and that does mean he's, he's priced at around 900K. Um, Although he averaged 100, he missed games. And, and when I go back and I look at last season, I see, see a big chunk, five games missed. And I think he had a concussion. He missed two weeks later in yep. the season. You want, if you're picking, if your intention is to pick Tim English as your new set and forget, you can't set and forget a guy when he's not on the park. Yeah. So that's at least two trades. Or, you know, it, potentially some people would have made four trades um, with Tim English, get him out, get him back in, and then, oh, he's concussed, get him out, get him back in. So yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. He's priced so high now, it, I don't see him suddenly coming out and going 115 for the season. But I also see that there there are there is the potential for maybe him to be a little bit injury prone. Um, he's, he's 25 years old, so he's still very much improving. We often sort of say that Ruckman take a little bit longer than a lot yep. of other, other positions. Um, so 25-year-old for a Ruckman, still kind of on the... Increase in my opinion. Yeah. Last year, when he played um, games where he was, uh, if I've got the stat in front of me, uh, when he played games without another ruckman, so sometimes they'd have like a, a suite or someone that they throw in there. Uh, Stefan Martin did play a couple of games together with him. Um, he averaged 105.6. So if we sort of round that up and we say he's 106 averaging ruckman this season. Um, there's a little bit of value there. There's yeah. maybe sort of four or five points that could go on top of his head. Um, yep. I, I don't know if I feel like I'm worried about injury or durability concerns. I mean, I, again, you know, concussion. He's had a few of those in the past, so maybe they're a little bit more cautious with those kind of things. But yeah, I don't know if you can go out there and predict a concussion for a player and not pick him because of that that reason. Soft head, so, maybe. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a big head, so look of big of target. the. Of the- <laughs> Of the kind of like uh, quote unquote premium ruckman, yeah. Um, he, he, other than one guy who we're we're waiting on his role, and we'll talk about him in a sec. He's the guy that I would most 
be likely to pick. Like, I'm not going to pick Grundy or Gorn to start the season. Yeah. Um, and his, then, his role feels the most secure in the season. It does, it does. There's another fellow we're, about to, we're sort of about to talk about, and uh, we're waiting on his role. Um, a lot of people will be interested in him. But of the guys that I'm confident in his role and that he's in that premium category... He's the guy that I'd be most likely to pick, but do I feel good yeah. about it? You can see my face. I'm kind of screwing up a little bit. Like, yeah. I don't feel good about it. No, so. no. And like, you know, 900,000, is, is he a captain option? No, not no. really. He's not good <laughs> enough to be a captain option. So, look, I'm not ruling it out. He's definitely in my considerations, and I think he's one of the more popular players in AFL fantasy. Yeah, do you know his percentage? Um, let me actually just Sorry, look I'm that you up. Where have I? I've lost it here. Oh, no. Sorry. Wrong price bracket. So he is thirty three percent owned in AFL fantasy. Which is so that'd I be believe, one of the highest ruckman, wouldn't it? I believe I that imagine. is one of the highest. If I double check some of the other guys, um, so he's yeah, he is the most owned uh, yeah. ruckman in AFL fantasy, one percent higher than Rowan Marshall. So he's obviously a very popular pick. I think if you do want to subscribe to that quote unquote set and forget, yeah. I think he is the safest option of all yep. of the ruckmen and um, probably presents himself with the highest floor um, just because of the security of that role. But yeah. in terms of ceiling, whilst I think there is still room for him to grow just being a younger Ruckman, um, you know, there's a few games I expect that, you know, you're not going to have Jordan Sweets and, and Stefan Martins in there as much. So I think some of those lower uh, floor games might just boost up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I can see him going uh, 105 to 110, like that kind of a range potentially yeah. as sort of like a ceiling uh, result for him. But... I guess the question is, is that enough? And, um, you know, could you use that money that you might save by going to someone cheaper for a better player elsewhere in your field? Yeah, that's probably the thing. It, it's If he goes 105, then I'd have to say he's going to be in the top three Ruckman in the year. I'd say so, yeah. So, I'd comfortably say that. So the question is, do you want to start with the top three Ruckman and just go bang? Yep. Or... Um, like you said, I think the key is do you try and use cash elsewhere? So I'm just so intrigued to see what people do in this yeah, position. Hey? Yeah, and that's the thing as well because like we always talk about like we've broken things down into positions and things like that but it's never a one-to-one comparison. It's like, okay, if I've got 900k invested here and then I've got all this money spread out here, what can I do with that other money? So it's it's never just comparing two players together. Yeah. It's it's the money that you save and what you can do with that and, and sometimes we won't know the answer until after the fact. So it is interesting discussion. Right now, he's very much in calculations for me to be in my, my team, yep. but it's very much a structure-dependent discussion. So okay. um, I think he's a definitely a, a good option, depending on what you want to do. Let's talk about the next guy here, um, Rob Raleigh Rob. O'Brien. Um, yep. he's, uh, he's, he's got some ceiling about him, but he's got a lot of flaw. Uh, yeah. He's famously a player that you put into your fantasy team. You never watch him play. You just <laughs> you just watch the scores you just hope tick it's over. A 158. <laughs> you watch the scores tick over because the man does not move very elegantly. I got to give my props to Riley O'Brien. Like he's he's carved out an AFL career, but I don't think there's a guy in the AFL that moves less like an AFL player than <laughs> oh, Riley man. O'Brien. And, and the I way know, he kicks and uh, oh, I know mate. Ruckman aren't known for their like silky smooth movement, yeah. but yeah. this guy he takes just, it to another level, doesn't he? Oh man, but good he on was, him. Good he on was him. A, he was a break guy that we had sort of sitting on our benches a few years ago. He okay. was kind of like that um, sort of player that you weren't sure if you'd pay up enough to have on your benches and then all of a sudden one year just went bang and uh, and, and took over. So he was a he was a big reason. I think it was might have been 2019, 2020 yeah, or something 2019 like that. Yeah, 2019 average 95. Yeah, 2019 just went absolutely exploded onto scene was a big reason the winner yeah. um, won that season. But since then, a little bit up and down, and last year he actually got dropped mm. um, from his uh, from the Adelaide Crows team. So I don't know that kind of. I don't necessarily expect that to happen again, but it does kind of 
doesn't fill me with confidence if your ruckman's just getting dropped on performance. Yeah, um, he's he's so up and down that I can't really see him ever averaging like one hundred five, one ten. He'll go he'll go off for a huge game. He might win your final with like a one sixty yeah, or yeah, something your like that. Final, yeah. Um, but just for me personally, I, I've said it before. I can't ride that kind of roller coaster. Yeah. I can't pick a guy and go, yeah, he's going to average ninety five, but I'm going to get a thirty, and then I'm going to yeah. get a one seventy. Yeah. I just that for me. Uh, you know, it gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you just look at, like, the midway through the season, round eight, 61 points. That's when he was dropped. Came yeah. back round 11, 159. <laughs> it kind of encapsulates um, it. The next it? week, 74. <laughs> like, it's just, it's all over the shop. Yeah, and no and all of those games, he's he's pretty much up there in terms of uh, CBAs. Like, he's got a very secure role. Yeah. You know, if I'm looking at DFS, um, uh, Australia.com, like, it's 90s, 80s across the board for the entire season. There's two games where he's dipped below 80%. So, role is locked in and secure. But in saying that, that means there's not much upside for his role to get better. And even with the role that he's demonstrate that yo-yo type sort of scoring. So for me, uh, I think Calvinator said it best where he's like the most consistently inconsistent <laughs> Ruckman in, yeah. in the comp. I didn't hear that, but that's and, well said. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I sort of, I, I subscribe to that. And for me, look, maybe he starts the season to a blinder, but I think it'll average out in the end. So I think he kind of is what he is. So yeah, for me, he doesn't really come into my calculations too much. Just A lot of people already know this, but just that word of caution, if he does come out in round one and he goes 160, just maybe, don't maybe jump on. take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, uh, you know, if you got on and he just continued to do that, all power to you. But history tells us that it's not going to be there yep. the whole season. This next guy is, I, I want to spend a little time on <laughs> oh, this boy. We will, um, I think. We Rowan will. Marshall from the Saints. My now, goodness. I started with him last year. Um, I was very well aware of the risk that I was taking at the time. With yep. I think um, it was Paddy Ryder had the Achilles sort of stuff leading mm. into round one. I was mm. thinking, oh, 34, 35-year-old guy, one, Achilles. Um, went good. I think he uh, had like 100 and, yeah, 108 round yeah. one. I was feeling pretty good about myself. And then even in round two, like Jack Hayes out of nowhere starts getting a lot of ruck time. And, yeah, um, you know, and he split that. And then Paddy Ryder came back to the scene. So he went south really quickly. But... The, the thing with Marshall, obviously, it's very obvious that he is an absolute gun when yeah. uh, he's the sole ruckman and suffers a little bit more when he plays a bit more of that uh, half-half or yeah. predominantly forward role. So well, I've got, got a stat for you, oh, if, yeah. you want, if you want to take it. Yeah, so again, it's a seven-game sample size, but it's last year. So in the seven games that he won 90% or more of his team's hit-outs, what do you yep. think he averaged? Oh, I'd be at least 112 120. Yeah. 119. There you go. So it's it's so role dependent. I think you said Tim English was uh, 33% owned. If, if, uh, 32. Ross, 32, sorry. For, for if, Mar- sorry, no. English is 33. 30, yeah, so Marshall is 32. Yeah, so if Ross the Boss comes out tomorrow and says Rowan Marshall will be our sole ruck for the whole season, I oh, think it should be 100%. See, <laughs> yeah, it the, should go through the roof. That should be, yeah. You lock him in. Um, yeah. to, to sort of build off your stat, I've sort of got a similar kind of stat, although I've actually taken it over the last two seasons as well. Yeah. So, uh, when, so let's say just take last season, for example, when he averaged uh, 60 percent or more CBA. So when he wasn't just splitting the time half-half or as a forward, yep. um, he averaged 114.5. Um, in the last two seasons, when he was playing in games without Paddy Ryder, uh, so fair sample size here, 112 in uh, average across those games. Um, when he's playing 60% or fewer CBAs, averages 74. Yeah. So there's a, oh, nearly man. a 40-point swing there between his um, you know ceiling scores and when he's playing as a forward. 
Now, so a lot every, of people... Sorry, I was, you go first. I was, no, I was just going to say, it kind of linking into that role dependency, um, every fantasy football coach's most hated man at the moment is <laughs> young Tom Campbell. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's no, probably poor Tom. A, he's probably a lovely fella, but Tom Campbell is, is the name that is on everyone's lips in terms of Rowan Marshall's role. So Tom Campbell's kind of St Kilda's other ruckman, I'd suppose. And uh, right at the end of the year, he uh, he played the last game, I believe it yeah. was. And, um, and that uh, significantly affected Rowan Marshall's score. I think he scored 47. So he he's not a good sharer, Rowan no, Marshall. I he imagine he, would, he wouldn't have been good in the sand pit at play school. Would no, he, would he yeah. Been, no, he's, yeah, he, likes, he likes playing by himself yeah, and, and doing yeah, his own thing. So. He does. So everyone will be kind of watching what happens with Tom Campbell and Rowan Marshall in the preseason. A, a little um, article come out just said Tom Campbell was suffering a little bit with Achilles soreness and mm-hmm. wasn't expected to get back to full fitness until March. Um, but that's not to say that he won't be there starting round one. So, Do, been, do you know how old Tom Campbell is? I just I just called him a young fella. He's he's thirty one. Like the mate's thirty one. He's, not, he's on? not this up and coming ruckman that we've got to like. Yeah, I put didn't even, I didn't even get onto that. Like so, he's like I I don't and I know that AFL coaches don't always subscribe to the logic that us fantasy coaches have, but it I don't know why you would be taking ruck time away from Rowan Marshall, who's twenty seven, clearly your best ruckman <laughs> on the team. Um Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. You know, and not even just from a fantasy point of view. Like, the yeah, man, the man is mobile. Like, he, I'm he's, shook by that. He's he reminds me a little bit like a Grundy type, where he's he's good around the ground. He yeah. can be kind of like that sort of fifth midfielder, um, sort of. But yeah. he's he's a great mark. He's excellent tackler. He applies lots of pressure. Like, I don't know why you're forcing Tom yeah. Campbell into you, the team. You guys there. can't see it on the pod, but Mitch has got the shakes here. Like that, a, <laughs> that a 31 year old is taking away Ryan Marshall. There's no 30 rules. We, Doesn't everyone we, know? I know. That? We know how much you hate 30 year olds. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I needed yeah. to do more digging because I didn't know that. But I'm, He's I'm, been playing since 2012, Tom Campbell, I'm and he's, he's never played more than nine games in a okay. season, uh, which was back in 2016. So, Sorry, Tom. I had some sympathy when I thought you were like 21 look, years old, but now I, that you're 30 I'm, I'm hoping that, that um, logic prevails and that it's not going to be a major hurdle for us in 2023 because... Rowan Marshall, to me, is by far and away the best ruckman on this team. Jack Hayes is coming off an ACL, I believe. And um, I know that there was a game, like that second round uh, last year, where he got, like, they sort of split the ruck kind of like 50-50. Yeah. To me, that seems like Jack Hayes is an excellent, uh, from what we saw in limited sample size, he was a really good marker forward, really yeah. good really good target as a forward player. Yeah. So I think that hopefully, especially coming off, you know, a major injury, that he is playing a bit more of that forward role. 
So for me, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to see Rowan Marshall for the majority of the season as that number one ruck. Um, so for me right now, he's sitting in my team. Yeah, same um, for me. I, look, I think we have to be prepared that there's going to be some ups and downs throughout yeah. the season, but I'm, I'm hoping that for the most part, we're going to get we're going to get good Rowan Marshall than uh, yeah. bad Rowan Marshall, and his good is, in my opinion, the best in the comp. Yeah. Um, so I think that yeah, it would not surprise that. me at all. In fact, I'm predicting it right now that he's going to be the number one ruckman this season, uh, barring any major role changes. So what's, it might be a good time to talk now. What what's your opinion on just the the way the AFL is going. Do you think the AFL is going towards a two-Ruckman strategy? Do you think mm. the AFL, um, for a few years there, it was like a one-Ruckman strategy? Richmond Richmond won a premiership with Sean Grigg in the Ruck. Um, and then even uh, last year, Collingwood went really, really well with Darcy yeah. Cameron. Kind of, I know Cox was in there a little bit, but Darcy Cameron was shouldering the load. So do you have an opinion on that? I think, just sorry, I've got to cut you off. I've asked you a question. I'll cut no, you off. Go for it. Um, I think maybe now that there's this big trade, Grundy to Melbourne, everyone's like, oh, wow, the two-ruck strategy. Oh, we don't, don't know, know how it's going to work, first yeah. of all. So, like, what do you think? What do you think? I think that, I mean, again, as someone who's been watching the AFL maybe a little bit less than you have, um, I've never sort of subscribed to the, the value of a really dominant tap ruckman. I mean... A lot of the times, you know, you get a you get a hit out to advantage or whatever. That's great. Sometimes it can lead to a really clean possession. You get some good clearances, or or if it's in the forward fifty, you can get a real clean goal. But I think that those occurrences are fewer and farther in between. And I think the value of having a dominant ruckman is more so in the general play of being an excellent marking target, yep. someone who can cover the ground a lot and sort of get from contest to contest um, uh, proficiently. So I think that. Like, Rowan Marshall may not be the best, like, in terms of, like, Grundy, Gorn, uh, you know, Sean Darcy, Nick Nack, Newey, in terms of, like, a tap ruckman. But where he is really elite at, in my opinion, is, like, covering the ground. Yep. And so I think that when you have a player like that, he's... And if we talk about the sub rule, he, he's never going to get subbed, right? But I do think that in a, in a team like the Saints, you could have instances where... You know, with that fifth player coming in, maybe in the third quarter, the last quarter, that maybe for whatever reason the team wants to sub out a Jack Hayes or the team wants to sub out one of those tall fours and, and go with a bit more of a pressure style gameplay, go with a bit more of a fast paced style gameplay. And um, so you might see a lot of games where they're starting with two rucks and then finishing with one. I yeah, think is maybe maybe where we'll see a little bit more of the trend going this way. Um, Again, it's going to be team to team dependent. Like if you're if you're Melbourne, I think you probably you've got the two best rucks in in the comp. So yeah. I think obviously you, you probably not try try and steer towards that as your advantage. But for most of the other teams, I think that that might be more common this year. What are yeah. your thoughts on the sub rules in in response to your question? I'll address the sub rule in a sec. But in terms of the dominant tap ruckman, I think your dominant tap ruckman comes in handy at a center bounce, especially with the six 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 rule. Um, you find guys like uh, Nick Natanui and Gorn if they can put it down the throat of their midfielders and you can score from center bounces, then that's where your tap ruckman comes in. But to be honest, around the ground, teams are so good at structuring up around stoppage and behind yeah. the ball that you know winning winning the tap really is ineffective. Yeah, that I think first you, bounce. Yeah, I think like you said, you want your your ruckman to be a big presence down the line. When you have to kick long yep. down the line, you want to be able to mark some of those. So if your ruckman can do that, and then if your ruckman can be a, a physical presence around the stoppages as well. You notice yep. all these guys we're talking about, they don't just take ruck contests. They lay tackles, they take marks, yep. they put body on at stoppages, all these little things. And I think so, Rowan's really good at that. 
Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about your take on the sub rule, but I don't mind it. Um, there, there could be some teams if they decide to start with two ruckmen and they and one of those ruckmen is not much chop, that could end up being a, a tactical sub. But um, so much water to go under the bridge. I'm so excited to see what happens this year with with the rocks. Yeah. So uh, just just to touch on to finish up with Marshall, he's priced at 91. Yeah. Um, look, I think there's 110 upside. That gives you nearly, oh, nearly 20 points of upside, and, and that would put you as basically the number one ruck. So to me, um, unless we are starting with round one, there's Tom Campbell in the side. Um, yep. I mean, that would be a flag for me. But if, if Rowan Marshall is named in that round one side, and there's, there's no one else who's just a pure ruckman in that team, chances are I'm going to start with him in my side. And, and if the problem comes up, I'll deal with it then. Yep. Uh, but... For me, the upside is too alluring for me to get away from when there's a lot of other question marks and, and maybe not quite the upside with some of those other top-tier top, ta- top tier Ruckman. So uh, those are just my thoughts for Rowan Marshall. And I think, like we, like you said, if, if the coach comes out and says, yeah, we're just rolled, going Marshall all season, he's number one Ruck, that should be nearly 100% rostered uh, because I think, yeah, he's, he's got the highest ceiling out of everyone. Agreed. Right, let's move on to another sort of stock, steady, really uh, safe pick, Jared Witts. Yeah, who... poor, poor Jared Witts, almost averaged the same as Rowan Marshall, and he's always the least talked about Ruckman. Marshall's <laughs> yeah. the most talked about Ruckman, yeah. so it just do- does it in a different way. Like last year... Um, he could have almost been a saving grace for a lot of coaches. I think if, if you could go... He played 22 games off an ACL. Well, if you could go back in a time machine and, and say, hey, pick Jared Witts from the start of the season, you'd you just pick him, wouldn't you? You kick your feet 20, up. 20, yeah, 22 games. What like, a relaxed season. No one could have anticipated that coming off, for a big fella as well, coming off an ACL. So, um, firstly, congratulations to Jared um, Jared Witts. So, I don't, uh, I don't think many people will really consider him this year. And... It's He's kind of like the opposite to Riley O'Brien to me. Like, they kind of average yeah. similar, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he does are. it in such a steady, consistent way, yeah. and, and a little bit less of those ceilings and floors, but just rock solid yeah. to me. So, And despite that, I, I just think if you're looking to win a hat, I think you have to be a little bit ball, You've got to go ballsy a bit more in this department, mm. and I think we've already listed kind of four guys for me that I'd be shocked if they averaged less than Jared Witts. So I'm talking Marshall, English, uh, Gorn and Grundy. Yep. Um, so as much as you're going to get that that safe feeling with Witts potentially, um, yeah, we all want to win hats, so we're going to be yeah. ballsy. He, he has averaged 104 in the past, one season in 2019 on 22 games. So had a big year that year. Um, but, I, you know, 30 years old, I don't know if we can expect him to sort of you know, it'd be a pretty bold call to say he's going to come out and have his career best season this year. Um, look, again, very safe role, very solid. I don't think there's going to be many other, you know, maybe Mubby or Trolls, sort of your chop out Ruckman, uh, but he's not in there 50% of the time. Like, it's sort of that 80-20 split. Uh, so I think that you kind of, again, you're getting what you pay for. He's going to be around that low 90s kind of range for me. So, again, not much upside. So for me, it's pretty. it's a pretty quick no um, just in terms of my philosophies and what I'm looking for in my team. So, yep, uh, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to touch on with Jared Witts? No, not really. Uh, Paul Witsy. Um, but yeah, I agree with yeah. you. He's, in the last five seasons, he's averaged 91 points over those five seasons. Price at 91 uh, sort of sums up 
sort of what I'm saying. Yeah, so it is what it is. Let's uh, move on to the next guy here. Again, another player that I really want to spend a bit of time on because uh, yeah, I think too. he's the other serious option. At the moment, and he's my second ruck, I think, Okay, team, right. So, so and, and we've left him to this line, I think, on purpose yep. because Darcy Cameron, he's got the ruck forward status. Yep. So you do have some options. You can have him in your forward line. You can have him in your ruck line. I personally lean towards more having him in my ruck line because like yep. we said in the forward premium podcast, there's a lot of good options in the forward line. Yep. So I don't necessarily want to be taking up one of those options with Darcy Cameron in there. Yep. And when you compare him with some of these other rucks that are a few more question marks over over their heads, um, I think Darcy Cameron is definitely someone that comes in with upside. Yes. So he averaged... Uh, he's priced at 82, yep. but obviously... You know, the first six games of the season he was playing with Brody Grundy, that severely brings his scores down. Yeah, so. that's it. So to talk you through his kind of his season, it was a bit of a journey. So the first five games was, he was playing with Grundy and he had predominantly played 40, barely scored over 50 in any yep. of those games. There was 170 in there, but barely over 50. And then from that point, the next kind of seven or eight games, he was the predominant ruckman. Yep. Um, and he went closer to kind of 90, 100 throughout those games. Yeah, so average 92.5 after Grundy got injured. And then, um, the third kind of part to his season was um, Mason Cox kind of threw the goggles on and said, watch this, I'm going to jump in and steal some CBAs. <laughs> and we all cringed um, because it, his scoring kind of, uh, Darcy Cameron's scoring kind of slowed down towards the end. So I'll lead off with a stat for you. Yep. In the five games where Cameron um, uh, played and had 80% or more of his team's hitouts, he averaged 106. Yeah, right. So for me... It, I'm just really interested to see what strategy Collingwood adopt there. I think Cameron's going to be the predominant ruckman, but for me, it's whether he has to um, share that role. Yeah, so I guess there's a, as, again, there's another few moving pieces here. Um, uh, one of the more underrated moves I think we have to look at for the situation is that Collingwood also um, recruited Dan McStay from the Brisbane Lions. Um, is he coming in and replacing a Mason Cox mm. as the sort of that forward big target? Um, I see McStay maybe less of that chop out Ruckman than, than a Cox. I also think that, you know, Darcy Cameron, he was thrown into that position, you sort of midway through the season. Is he now training in preparation to be, to be that number one Ruckman? Yeah. I don't know how much impact that might have, but, you know, a lot of people sort of say that the guy looked like he was tired, you know, and, you know, that, when you're not used to being the number one Ruck, it's a bit of an yeah, adjustment and it's a for some players type of to make. running, um, going from a forward. Yeah, to a so, um, to me, I think, you know, price at 82, I think he's at least a 92 guy. So yep. I think there's at least a minimum 10 points of yep. upside. Well, you can imagine how much those first five games bring his average. Yeah, down. yeah. So, you know, even if we take into account those poor scores at the end, mm. after round six, when Grundy goes down, he averages 92.5. You, yeah. um, you know, in games where he's uh, over 50% CBAs, he's averaging 96.5. Yep. So... Um, you know, even even when he's just around that sort of like sixty percent CBA guy, he's he's right up there mid mid nineties. So for me, when I compare him to someone like a Tim English, he's like hundred and eighty thousand dollars cheaper. The starting price is twenty points difference, but I think the end result might be about maybe ten points difference. So I think you're getting like a a run up of ten points on on a player like Tim English. I think he's still going to be maybe not quite the scorer that Tim English is, and his role might be less secure. But I think that the upside in terms of his starting price and what you could do with that 180000 I think for me has got me leaning more towards Darcy Cameron at yep. this point. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's sort of my thinking at the moment. Something else that gives me a little bit of um, confidence 
with Darcy Cameron as well, is that we know Fly McRae um, is kind of implemented a little bit of that Richmond style over at Collingwood. And over the years where Richmond was a powerhouse, predominantly they've kind of played with the single Ruckman model. Yeah. So it's obviously Nank. I know very early on there was a, a period there where it was Grig. There, there have been a couple of instances where Soldo's shared some time with Nank and one in big finals as well. Yeah. Um, but predominantly it's been a single Ruck strategy and a game style that's predicated on um, speed and pressure. Yeah. So that's kind of what is getting me to lean towards Darcy Cameron as well as that value that Mitch spoke about and what you can do with that cash. For me, if, if I was tossing up between Cameron and English as it is today on the 26th of January, it's probably Cameron just because I can probably, I can use some of that extra cash elsewhere. What are your thoughts on then, say if I was a bit unsure and I wanted to start, <coughs> if I wanted to start a Tim English, a yep. Rowan Marshall, but I also wanted to have a Darcy Cameron in my forward line as, as like a, like a, eject button if something goes wrong or something like that as like a like a fail safe do you do you see the value in that or, or what I, are your thoughts there? I don't see the value in that because two things you mentioned we've got so many good options in the forward line but I don't know whether you need an eject button in your team in fantasy we have so many trades and and I, I know sometimes people um, think, oh, you know, we, we, I need to cover this or I need to do this. But at the end of the day, you really, you do have so many trades. Even those people that might have traded in Tim English twice into their team throughout the season, they yep. still weren't short on trades. Uh, it Maybe it makes a slight difference, but I don't think you need to start going to, into insurance policies. Yeah, and, and it's like it's like on that like 5% chance that someone gets injured, you know, yeah. if that happens in round 10 and you've done that and you've sacrificed 10 points a week, you know, there's like 100 points by the end of that, that sort of 10-week period. Yeah, sure, you might save yourself, you know, 40 or 50 points by using a trade and getting a better player, but... You know, in the long run, I think you're actually hurting yourself. And yeah. and I think this year, in terms of the R3 position, again, a lot can change. We're still in January. But um, I think that there's not really many standout R3 options that are playing. So last year, we had a few R3 options that were coming through, like a Jack Hayes. Yeah. Um, you could just have like a floating donut and put like a ruck forward option in that R3 option. And if you ever did want to trade a forward to upgrade to a ruck or whatever the case may be, that can provide you flexibility with the utility position. Yeah. So I think that utility position is still maybe underutilized for those kind of creative trades. So I don't yeah. necessarily think the value of hiding a ruckman in your forward line uh, for that flexibility is is probably not quite as beneficial as some might uh, think. Yeah, and I think if you were, yeah, if you were trying to be creative with a, a donut um, ruck forward in your ruckman, maybe you could be thinking about potentially like a Gorn getting forward status and you're trying to do yep. something creative yep. there at round six, I think. But I think you might out. be, you're just getting a little bit ahead of yourself when yeah, you start to think that way. There's too you know? many, yeah, ifs. Yeah, guess, so, so. so I really like Darcy Cameron at this stage. Look, hopefully um, we don't hear too many USA chants this year. Take those goggles off, Mason, please. Still haunts my memories back in 2018 <laughs> when I took Ellie to their prelim USA, final. But gosh. uh yeah, so look, I mean, I, I personally just don't think you know Mason Cox is all that good of a of a footy player. I mean, he shows some moments, but uh, from a, a seasonal yeah. point of view, I the think the pies obviously see a little bit there. But uh, but like you said, that McStay trade probably makes a little bit of a difference. I mm. think if you Cox was in there for a little bit of his his um, you know forward stuff, and if you get McStay in there, then 
yeah. and they were they were like really sharing like so from round 12 13 onwards mm. it's like 57 43 58 yeah. 42 56 44 52 48 55 45 so they're like yeah. nearly splitting that rock roll in half you know there was a game even where Cameron played 31 percent and and Cox played 69 percent like you know that yeah. that can have a little bit a significant upside for Darcy Cameron in my opinion so yep. I think he's at least like a 95 with the upside of, of maybe getting to that low ton uh, if he is more so like 70, 75 plus CBAs so um, I do like him as an option let's keep powering through these yep. next guys here Scotty Lysette uh, Scotty Lysette Maybe a little bit of a left field option, but comes in with a bit of a discount this yep. season. Uh, only played, uh, was it the four games last season, if I bring that uh, up? Uh, it was four, Mitch. Yeah, yeah so, so four, four games last year. Um, gets the, the discount based yep. on that. But again, discounted on his 2021 season, which unfortunately was his best season of his career from a fantasy point of view. So yep. that was his highest average at 85.6. And that's it. To summarize my thoughts on Scotty Lysett, it's this. He's, he's priced at... More than 600K, I believe. And yeah, so uh, priced at 70. Yeah, so he's priced at 70. His best ever season is 84. He's too expensive to be like a cash cow. Stepping stone. But he's, yeah, he's not enough to step you. He's just, he's in no man's land. He's not going to significantly outperform his average. Uh, you know, he might buy 10 points, but that's not enough for me. Um, yeah, there's just a heap of flags, and he's just unfortunately stuck in that, that no man's land for me. Yeah. I think he's maybe not a horrible option. Like, I think, I, I agree, he's probably at least 10 points uh, unders. Yep. Um, which, you know, you could say maybe similar to Darcy Cameron, but I think Darcy Cameron just has that upside that he yeah. could go more. You know, yeah. it's like a minimum of 10, maybe 15 to 20 if everything goes right. Whereas Scott Lysette, if everything goes right, it's like 11 or 12. Do you know That's what I mean? It. It's so like not that ceiling that we might want, but I still think he is of uh, value. So I think he is underpriced, but. And his role, I think, is going to be pretty safe. I think he'll be in there sort of 80-plus percent time. Um, I'm not really worried about Finlayson coming in and doing more of that um, or, or Bryn Tickle. I don't think that they're going to, you know, if Lysette's healthy, I think he's going to be in there. But like we sort of said, last uh, 2021 was his highest year, 85.6. You're sort of still 20 points off the number one ruck. So for me, it's it's just a little bit, yeah, like I said, awkward uh, yeah. in that kind of a price range. But still up upside, I think, from the pick. Any much more you want to say about him? or No, not much more to talk about yeah. with Scotty. Want to move on to Lloyd? Yeah, so Lloyd Meek, I'm putting him here because I've seen people talk about him and yeah. I see he, he is owned in some uh, teams out there. So I think if I put up, again, if I look at my rucks and the, and the ownership percentages, he's he's owned in 11.3% of leagues, which is yeah. which is higher than Lysette, it's higher than Max Gorn, it's higher than Grundy, it's higher than Riley O'Brien, higher than Sean Darcy. He's... He's owned in more places than I thought, and so, uh, I just can't really understand why. I think we've got two factors here that are pushing people in this. Okay, so we've got the, the new club factor. Uh-huh. Okay, that's that's the one thing. And he's going. And remember, he's going to a club that um, people often associate, if you're going to a club that's been bad for a little while, that suddenly that means opportunity. So there's the first factor. Yep. And the second factor is that he's shown an ability to score well in the waffle. So playing for Peel, um, you know, he often went above the time. He had, you know, 30 to 40 hit outs and, you know, he scored okay. well in the waffle. But we know it's different playing, you know, at league level as well. For me, he's... if. You're not going to pick him on your ruck bench. He's almost five hundred thousand. Yeah, like, too I think, I think that would be obnoxious. And then if you decide to pick him at R two, I'd want to see you do something 
unbelievable <laughs> with that money. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like if yeah. people are justifying putting him at R2, yes, he, he may have significant value upside, but I'd, I'd want to see what you're doing with that money if you're going to yeah. put him at R2. Like, uh, here's, here's a stat here. So he averaged 54.7 in games where he got more than 65% CBAs over the last two years. Yeah. Um, he averaged 62.2 in five games last year in that scenario. So when he's the number one rock, he's still only averaging 60 you know, it's not like he's coming out and, you know, the Braden Proust scenario last year, yeah. we had samples of him when he was the number one rock, he was sort of that 85, 90 guy. We had that data there. But for Lloyd Meek, we, we haven't seen it yet at AFL level. Yes, you know, you can point to the, the junior numbers, but I think that for me to start my R2 with a, with a cheaper rock like that, I'd want more confidence to pick a player like that when I could just spend an extra couple hundred thousand and, and get a player like Darcy Cameron and still have that same kind of upside yeah. in terms of his starting price. So See, this is where it could go really bad. Let me give you the scenario. So you pick... Plus, I got three rucks. Well, oh, sorry to cut you off if that's no, where that's you were a, going. No, no. I was just... I was going to say, it could go really bad. Let's say you pick Lloyd Meek at R2. Mm. Yeah. He's priced at 53. And then he starts averaging 60. Yeah. Where do you go? Because here's, here's the scenario. It's like... Well, if you go down, maybe there's no rookie ruck options yeah, available. You're, you're and, scrambling, and then yeah. you've got you to go up. Well, but yeah, but how do you? You got to go like if you want to go up to a premium from from there, you got to find you got to find 400k somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, you could really shoot yourself in the foot with this one if he doesn't come out. If he comes out and he averages 85, then you know, okay. yeah, well done. Cool, you, you got know, 30 you, points you, upside. You, got, Great. you made a heap of cash. But if he comes out and he's averaging 60, um, you could find yourself in a really tricky position. Yeah, yeah. It's it's too much of a risk for me to take. I, I don't see it really at all personally um, and, and like I sort of said like there's three Ruckman in that team there's Reeves yeah. you've got Lynch and you've got Lloyd Meek yeah. um, I don't think there's a scenario where he comes out and averages 85% CBAs and just is the, and just is the guy yeah. um, you know Lynch they brought in from last year and Reeves still seems like he's the guy that's the number one dude um, and, and he's obviously the tallest of all of them probably the best tap Ruckman like best case scenario, I, I see him maybe doing sixty five percent, and and yeah. and and that's sort of what we've sort of shown as sort of averaging sixty for him in the past. So and again, it's just a situation I mean, I'm I'm very anti. Yeah, uh, if you're leaning that way, I and think all, you can do better with your cash. Yeah, and all that being said, we're always open to hearing um, everyone else's opinion as well. So yeah. if if you if out I miss something. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you have the, a different opinion and you've got some um, stats to back it up, we, we always love to hear that just so that we can um, be more well-educated as yeah. well. But right now, uh, yeah, I'm just not seeing it. So so that will do it for us uh, with our rucks here, guys. Um, if you if you haven't yeah, checked it out... Breath. Yeah, That's I know. So. <laughs> lots to talk about. So I think for me, the, the main three players I'm considering are Tim English, uh, Rowan Marshall and Darcy Cameron. I think that they are probably the, the most common. Um, you know, p- there's maybe potential you could have all three have Darcy in your forward line. I'm leaning to not doing that. Um, Marshall, Cameron. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so I, I, that's that's sort of where I'm at at the moment as well. I think I can use that cash a little bit better. But again, I think those three are all under serious considerations. So, But let us know what you guys think. Also, if you haven't checked out all of our other positions, we've gone through all the forwards, midfielders, defenders, talking overprice, underprice, and midprices. Uh, next uh, week or starting Sunday, we're going to be going through a bit of a team reveal uh, early on in the preseason and then talking some points of difference. Both uh, We'll talk popular players and who we may be going 
going against, and also those players who are lowly owned and, and could be the separator for you early in the season. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. Um, if you are listening along on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. If you do enjoy the content, and uh, I've seen some really great comments in the YouTube uh, comment section. If you would want to, really would appreciate, just take those same comments, go over to Apple Podcasts, chuck them in there, attach it to a five-star rating, and uh, that would be amazing because it would help us out, uh, grow the channel, grow the podcast so we can hit more viewers uh, and keep doing what we're doing. Um, But otherwise, subscribe, thumb up the video, and we'll see you guys next time. Laters.